to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. Sustaining faith is that faith which continues to walk with God and believe His promises even when they seem impossible. Join us now as we look at this third aspect of Abraham's faith as we continue our journey through the lineage of Jesus with Cheryl Broderson. We will come before you, Lord, in wonder, wonder. We will fall on our knees and surrender. We surrender to you. And now here is part three of Cheryl's message, Abraham. 28 years ago, she and her husband, they had um, become Christians. They were in Las Vegas. Um, She was actually a blackjack dealer, and he was the manager of the casino. And she got saved, but kept doing the blackjack, not knowing because sanctification hadn't taken place yet. And he got saved, but it was great because the casino gave him Sundays off so he could go to church. So they're going to church, and the Word of God is working in both of them as they're going to church, and he's growing um, from being at this Calvary Chapel in Las Vegas. He's growing, he's growing, he's growing in, in his faith, and all of a sudden, one day, he feels this compulsion to go to Tallahassee, and he says to his wife, I think we're supposed to move to Tallahassee and start a Calvary, and she said, yes, we are, but they didn't know where Tallahassee was except for it was in Florida. They had never, ever been to Florida, let alone Tallahassee, but they knew. So he says, well, I think I need to talk to Chuck Smith. So he flies out, makes an appointment with my dad and says, Chuck, I feel like uh, the Lord is calling me to start a Calvary in Tallahassee. My dad says, praise the Lord, go for it. That's how you used to become a Calvary. No paperwork. Just get a go for it from Chuck and you could go for it. So he got permission. So he and his wife sold all their possessions, except for what could fit in their little car. They put their six-year-old and their four-year-old. Now imagine going from Las Vegas to Tallahassee. Okay, so you're talking dry to wet, you know? And they drive all the way to Tallahassee and they get there. And when they get to Tallahassee, they see that there's a church on every corner. And they're saying, Lord, could you really have been calling us here? There are so many churches. So they set up a church And they're there for two years with two services a week and 14 people. But after two years, God began to bless the church. He gave them a radio station. And the church today is somewhere in the thousands. And it's just the most amazing church with women who are so full of faith, they kick snakes away with (laughs) flip-flops. This unction of faith is also seen in Matthew chapter 14. This is the faith that compelled Peter to say, Lord, if you want, call me out of this boat and I'll walk on water to you. And and that's that's that unction of faith that gets you out of the boat and you're walking on water. And all of a sudden, like Peter, you feel the strength of the wind. Maybe you're thinking, what am I doing? I do not walk on water. I do not know anything about Tallahassee. I've never been here before. What am I doing here? 
And you begin to sink, but this is the great thing. What happened to Peter? It says immediately, God, Jesus, grabbed his arm, pulled Peter into the boat, and immediately they were at the place they needed to be. You can't fail with faith. Faith cannot fail. As we read in our homework, uh, I'm sorry, as we read in Romans earlier, that he who believes in God will not be put to shame. It's impossible to be put to shame when you are believing in God. This is the faith that attempts something for God. As Hudson Taylor said, attempt great things for God. God will give you an unction of faith, and it might be about a spouse, a job, a housing, sharing the Lord with someone. But it's that unction that gets you in the specific will of God for your life. Now, the third aspect of faith is the sustaining faith. This is the faith that continues to walk with God and believe his promises, even when they seem impossible, even when they linger, even when they take a long time, even when you've been waiting forever and ever and ever. We had a seven-hour drive with our uh, two grandsons about four years ago. And I remember a writer, he was about four, and he just, he slept. And all of a sudden he woke up, he goes, I've been in this car seat forever and ever and ever. You know, you thought, you didn't feel it, you were asleep. But sometimes it feels like we are waiting forever and ever and ever for those promises that God has given us. Remember, Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90 before those promises were ever fulfilled. And, and we read that Abraham tried to give God an out. Look, I'll provide a way for this promise to come true. Don't we sometimes do that? Lord, I'll pay for the promise to come true. Okay, I'll put my money in there and we'll just make this promise come true. And what does that do? That turns into an Ishmael. That's what happens when we try to help God fulfill the promises that are predicated on him. I've compartmentalized my life. And this is what I have. And I found that this is what I have to do. Those things that God has put in my hand to do, And those things that God has not put in my hand to do, but I want to do them and I can't because he hasn't put them in my hand. You know, there's certain things that are just out of our reach. And God says, this is mine alone. This is what I put before you. You can love your husband. You can love your grandchildren. You can teach on Friday mornings. These are the things. Do the things I put in your hand and leave the rest to me. Do the things God has put in your hand and leave the rest with God. All of us have things in our life that we can't do. We cannot make those promises come true that God has given us. So put them in God's hands. Give them to God. Abraham did not lack faith. He just tried to help God out with his promises. This is not a wavering in faith. This is like, oh, I will help you make the promises come true. You know, sometimes we we want to defend God. We want to prove that Jesus is real. So we're trying to help him out with the promises. You know, we're trying to make him look good. We think we're Jesus PR, you know, public relations. I'll make you look good. You know, that might be a little rough to say. So let me soften it a little bit. And, And we try to do PR for Jesus. He doesn't need us as the PR. He will do everything that he has promised. And ours is sustaining faith. Sustaining faith is progressive. As we walk with God, the revelation of the promise that God is giving us, the revelation of who God is, and the work that he's done, and his promises for us get bigger and bigger and bigger. The details get clearer as we walk with God. 
And as we walk with God, the way that we continue, how we walk with God, how we sustain our faith, and how that faith, because we're told in the Bible to build ourselves up in Jude, in the most holy faith, we do it through the knowledge of God. Know all that you can about God. What does he say? What is his self-revelation about himself? I once just did a personal devotion for myself about what God likes and what God doesn't like. And in Proverbs 6, there's some things he really, he downright hates. And you better know what they are. And there are other things that God loves. He loves showing mercy, we're told in Jeremiah. We need to know our God, a knowledge of our God. We need to know the word of God. And we need to know the promises of God. There are promises for all of us that are, are, some of them are going unclaimed. I remember years ago, um, Nancy was speaking um, at one of our retreats, and it was so funny because I so related to this. She said that she, ha- she wears readers because she wants to deny that she needs glasses. I can say that because she's my friend. And she said that she had, she had hooked a pair on her shirt. She had some that were on a band around her uh, neck, and she had some up on her head, one of her pairs. And she was doing her devotions and the phone rang and she went to get the, the phone and this person was telling her to um, read a number to her. Well, she couldn't read a number without her glasses. So she's on the phone, but she's telling Jane, get my glasses, get my glasses. And Jane is going. And she's thinking, sign language now? Can't the girl just obey me? You know, does she have to act like a teenager now and give in to her nature? You know, she's getting more and more frustrated with Jane that Jane's not going and getting her glasses. Finally, Jane says, mom, they're on your head, they're around your neck and you're wearing them, you know, on your shirt. And she looks down and she sees, you know, oh my goodness, I've got glasses. And she said, it was like the promises of God. We've already got them. They're on our head. They're in our mind. They're around our neck. We're wearing them, but we're just not using them. We're just not putting them on and utilizing, but they're already ours. And we're asking for people, you know, give me promises. Give me promises, God. And God's going, "Mm, mm, mm." (laughs) you've got them. They're there. But see, sustaining faith is the faith that walks in those promises and grows. We're told in Romans 4, 18 through 22, that there are steps of faith, or this is how you walk in faith. This is the sustaining faith that we're all to walk in. How do we sustain faith? How do we keep walking in faith? We do it like Abraham. Why? Because Abraham is the father of faith. And because Abraham received the promises of God. So this is what we're told. Number one, that contrary to hope, verse 18, he believed in God's word. Contrary to hope. In other words, he he did not give more faith to the circumstances in his life than he did to God's word. And sometimes we do that, don't we? We trust more in oppression than in deliverance, don't we? We trust more in, in, in the hatred of man than in the love of God, don't we? We trust more in our deficits than we do in God's sufficiency and provision. Isn't that true? We put more faith in the things that are against us than in the one who is for us and what he has told us in his word. Is that true? Yes. Shame on us, but we do. Abraham put more faith in God's word. He says, I know what it looks like, but I'm just going to believe God. I know that circumstances look like this, but I'm going to believe God. 
Secondly, he didn't consider his own body. So many times we measure God's promises by our own strength or ability. Oh yeah, I got enough money to cover this one. For sure this is going to happen. Or I've got a good lawyer to fight this one. Or I've got a great, you know, avenue for this one. And we trust in our own selves, our own wisdom, our own abilities. Abraham didn't do that because he knew he was too weak. He was a hundred years old and it hadn't happened. So he couldn't trust himself. And the promises of God, sustaining faith is a faith that we never trust ourselves. Brian was teaching from Philippians chapter three. And Paul says there, we are that circumcision that put no confidence in the flesh. That's who we are. We are the ones that don't say, oh, I've got it. I'm enough for this. We're the ones that say, oh Lord, this is so beyond me. It's all on you. That's that sustaining faith. It's all on you, Lord, to make it happen. We're told that he didn't consider, number three, the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't need others to fulfill God's promises. God's promises were not only independent of the circumstances, independent of Abraham's ability, but also independent of Sarah or friends or those you know or the relationships you have. Because sometimes what happens is we begin to put our faith in our husbands or our friends or those who are close of us, close to us to make those promises of God happen in our lives. And if we've got strong people, you know, if Thor is our next door neighbor, we're thinking this is going to happen. We can make this happen. It's, I'm safe. But God wants our dependency on him alone. And so Abraham did not look to Sarah in expectation for the fulfillment. Of course, he couldn't because she was 90 and she was um, at that point past childbearing age. We're told that he strengthened himself in faith so that he did not waver in unbelief. So how did he strengthen himself in faith? How do you strengthen yourself in faith? We talked about this just a few minutes ago. We strengthen ourselves by a knowledge of God by the word of God, by rehearsing the promises, and by praising the Lord. This is how we strengthen ourselves in faith. I think of um, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And you've got this huge army that's camped out. It's a multitude without number um, in the valley of Seir, not too far from Jerusalem. And they're coming and they've got one thing on their mind, to destroy Jerusalem. That's what they want to do. And Jehoshaphat is there in the courtyard of the temple. And he says to the people, can you imagine if your king comes before you? <laughs> like, like, let's say that we were just attacked by a foreign country and Obama says, uh, we don't have a plan and we don't have an army. So uh, just wanted you to know the status of the United States. You know, we'd be like, what? And this is exactly what Jehoshaphat does. He gets everybody together, women, children, men, and says, Here's the status. We've got this huge multitude against us and we have nothing, no strategy, no army or anything, but we do have the Lord. So let's pray. And it said that he fell on his knees with his hands towards heaven and all of those in Jerusalem did the same thing. They fell on their knees and he said, are you not the God who made promises? And he rehearsed the promises and the fulfillment of God. And then uh, we're told that Hananiah the prophet, actually he was a singer, stands up and says, believe the Lord and you will be victorious. Believe the prophets and you will be established. 
And then the Lord gives them a song to go out against the army, a word of praise. And it was, it was, bless the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. It was a word of praise. And we know what? That was enough, wasn't it? That was the word that routed the enemy and turned the enemy against each other. Part of sustaining faith is to continue to praise the Lord. We're told that Abraham gave glory to God. He began to thank God for his promises and he concentrated his attention on praising God. You know, when we are walking through hard times, how many thoughts are hitting you? They are evil thoughts, aren't they? They're satanic thoughts. You're going down. You're not loved. You're wrong. It's over. How many of those thoughts do we have? God's not going to come through now. What do you do? Begin to praise God. You have to replace thoughts. You have to take that thought captive and say, no, I'm going to sing, be still my soul. Like Chelsea, I'm going to remember that the Lord is in control, that he is sovereign. I am going to begin to change my thoughts. And sometimes I need a song. Last night was a pretty hard night and I kept singing. I I just kept going through my mind. Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. And, And that was the song that kept that sustained me through the night. And we need to replace those thoughts and give glory to God. And that's what we do. And then finally, he was fully convinced that God could do it. He measured the promise in the light of the one who creates stars. Now, did you know that the sun is one of the lesser stars? Did you know that there's a star that's five million times brighter, stronger, and bigger than the sun? It's LBV. You know what? They ran out of names, but God knows its name. God made that star. This is how faith is sustained, by growing in our knowledge of God, by giving time and diligence to studying God's word, by receiving and rehearsing the promises of God to us, by praising the Lord in prayer and praise and fellowship, and by considering the works of God. Finally, there is a reward to our faith. Hebrews 11.6 said that he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What did God say to Abraham? I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. You have got to believe that there is a payoff for serving God. There is a reward. David said, I would have lost heart if I believed I would not see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If I thought the promises were only heaven and then on, I would have lost heart. But when I realized that the promises are for today, when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man does to me. That's a promise for today. That's a promise for today. When I was teaching Sunday school, I always have a reward box. Um, I like to do things on the basis of rewards. And so what I would do is I would start my class and I would get everybody's name in a bucket And then I had this um, box of just rewards. And I would show the children all the things, all the possibilities of things that they could win if they listened and and participated in the Bible study. So I would pull out, I'd bubble yum tape and um, the paper, uh, the 
balsa wood gliders and yo-yos and, you know, different things that I had in this box, and you got to pick one. I remember one year I was teaching up at family camp, and these boys had given, had put on the wrong name tags. They were, you know, thinking they were really smart, and I said, you know, that's fine. Wear the wrong name tags. But if I pull your name because I don't know who you are, really are, I'm not going to be able to call on you. And this kid goes, I'm Lance, give me my name tag. And, and they cooperated, and I felt it really worked. Well, I had a parent who got really angry at me, and they said, how dare you give prizes to the children? You know, they don't need prizes, and they should just be getting the word of God, and you know, these prizes, what are you setting them up for? And I took them to Hebrews chapter eleven six, and I said, I want every child that I teach about the word of God to know that our heavenly father is a rewarder of those that diligently serve him. I want every child to know that our God is a blessing God and he blesses those and he obligates himself to those who choose to walk with him. And I want those children to know because God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I want the children to know there are rewards to serving God. There are. There are rewards to faith. Faith has a reward, and it's not just heaven. It is salvation. It is a new life. It is a new heart. It is new friends. It is new pursuits. It is the hope of heaven. It is a new place and a new body. It is, but it's also God's promises for today. What a God we serve who has given us a book of promises. We talked about this last week, Second Peter 1, 3 through 4. This is one of my favorite scriptures. As his divine power has given to us all things, whatever we need that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue. He is giving us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we may become partakers in the inheritance. We have exceedingly great and precious promises and these promises are tailored for whatever situation you are in. Remember, God is the I am what my people need. Whatever you are going through, God is. God is. God is responsible to keep his promises. They are predicated on him and him alone. And as we simply strengthen ourselves in faith, we get to watch God fulfill his promises. We get to watch prodigals return to faith. I have seen two prodigal daughters return to faith. We get to see God's provision. I have experienced God's provision. We get to see God's protection. God will protect. And I have had God's protection. We get to see God's deliverance and God does deliver. And I have been a recipient of that deliverance. And we get to see God's favor resting upon us. And yes, I went to public school and I was always teacher's pet. Don't ask me how. Except for it was God's favor. We get to have God's presence with us again. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us, and that's a blessing. We get God's blessing that can only be found in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 tells us about the grace, the peace, the love, the joy, the redemption, the forgiveness of sins, the power, and sealed by the Holy Spirit, the comforter. These are our reward as we walk in faith. And they are ours today, right now, this very second. We can call upon God. Moses said, what other, what other people have a God like our God that we can call on him at any time for whatever we need? 
Who else out there? What other religion offers us a God that is always available? Who sits on the throne of heaven and says, come boldly into my presence 24-7 for whatever you need and I will give it to you. What a reward we have. As one who is called into this divine lineage through Christ, let's give diligence to our faith that we might, having been saved by faith, receive those unctions of faith that put us right into the purposes of God. And let us grow in our faith, being sustained by the knowledge and the word and the promises and praise of God. Let's, let's let our faith in God do all that God intends it to do in our lives. Faith is what we believe about God, His work, His word, and His promises. It's sustained by growing in our knowledge of God, by giving time and diligence to study His word, by receiving and rehearsing the promises of God, and by praising the Lord. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study with Cheryl Broderson. If you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply visit our website at graciouswords.com or call 1-800-733-6443 and refer to it by name, which is Abraham. Once again, our website is graciouswords.com and our toll-free number is 1-800-733-6443. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we will look at Isaac and seven steps to walking in the promises of God as we continue our series with Cheryl Broderson through the lineage of the King. We do hope you make plans to join us. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.